Looking for Canadian jelly. All right, I have a little game. I'm going to pretend that I'm the announcer, okay? And I have the microphone. And then I'm going to ask you some questions, okay? Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready now? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Elliot Grace Fairbanks, you have just won the world championship of being awesome. Where are you going to go? She's quiet, folks. She's the movie theater. And what are you going to see? The moose show. What's your favorite color? Purple and pink. What do you like to eat, bugs or deer? Deer. What do you like to drink, mud or snot? Snot. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> What's your favorite dessert? Ice cream. And if you could go anywhere in the whole world right now, where would you go? Choose a movie theater. Boys or girls? Girls. Computers or pads? What is a tape? It's tape that you put on your stuffed animals if you got a boo-boo on. What is a VCR? A VCR is a store. I love it. You did amazing. You go have a great day and eat your broccoli. Okay, I love broccoli. <laughs> welcome, welcome to yet another Yes, you're welcome. I said another podcast of Triumph. I'm your host, the Prince of Pain, Jeff Fairbanks, also known as the Triumph Project. <sighs> I feel like you should just take these as a gift. I'm surprised I'm still doing these <laughs> these podcasts. Um, I'm alone in this quest. We have a, uh, you obviously heard the world according to Elliot, um, off the cuff, just like I like to do it. Uh, she's following suit, and to be honest with you, uh, I never know what I'm going to get, but it's always good times. And uh, further along in that for today is that we uh, have another rock star that I do not want to spoil the uh, the story. But our guest, Rhea Hubble, is an absolute badass. And there's so many of you out there, uh, but... I'm just not going to go into it and just let her explain it. <clears throat> but it felt like to many of you who may not know, like, what the heck is this? Or, you know, even who are you? I thought, you know what? A better way to kind of come up with a, a couple of key maybe phrases that might give you something to uh, consider as to whether or not this is for you, meaning this podcast. So, so this is what I came up with. If you haven't fallen over in a Clipton bike you probably won't like this podcast. If you have hairy legs, you probably won't like this podcast. And if you feel comfortable in spandex, you probably won't like this podcast. If you don't like cursing, you probably won't like this podcast. And if you think triathlon is everything, you probably will not like this podcast. If you don't like high fives, you definitely will not like this podcast. And if you don't like people named Jason, you will not like this podcast. And lastly, if you don't like music like this, being weird, getting weird, 
showing up and making it awkward, <laughs> then you definitely will not like this podcast. And without further ado, I'll let you mosey on into the virtual space that is the podcast itself and listen to the story of Ray Hubble. If you aren't following her, do so. And as always, let me know your thoughts. Rock the positivity and crush it with a smile. Yo. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? How is it over there? I'm good, thank you. It's cold and already dark. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Now, wh- where exactly, I mean, you don't have to give the specifics, but where exactly are you located? I'm in London, in the UK. Ah, good old London. Yeah. Good old yeah, London. It's, it's a great place as long as you don't have to cycle out of it, which is what we have to do every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so wait, now, have you grown up there your your whole life or no no not with this accent <laughs> so, well that's what i was going with all right first first let me back up why don't why don't we just start it off by why don't you just give me an intro because so i didn't i didn't share anything about uh your story which uh huge hats off by the way so i didn't want to spoil uh, anything and so to me i'm like why don't if you don't mind if you just if you just you know talk to me like i'm a little kid and just you know Here's my name and everything, and, and just give me a little <laughs> intro into you before I start spouting off and firing my questions out. Okay, I mean, how, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> you know, I, 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 we got time, so I kind of feel like, you know, <laughs> I like the interesting stuff, and it's always like, if, if you've done, like you said, you were starting up a podcast and you're doing things, how about some stuff that like you maybe <laughs> you haven't gleaned some light on or anything like that, and, and then also some stuff that's fun, because... I'm always off the cuff and um, okay, cool. appreciate a laugh. So why don't, why don't you be the boss there and just <laughs> throw it out? Uh, you me. know me well, Jeff, you know me well already. I love being a boss. <laughs> um, cool. So hi, I am Rhea Hubble. Uh, I grew up in Toronto, Canada, but spent my summers in Montreal and a lot of my winters um, skiing. Uh, around the US and Canada. Uh, and I grew up skiing for quite a bit. And I got to the point where I was, I was a bit of a, a keen racer, actually, um, and, and raced until the age of 19 slash 20, when I unfortunately, I had a bit of a tragic accident. Uh, and go, yeah, let's get into that. Let's. Uh, okay. I, I, yeah, so um, and please, I cut people off, so uh, that's just kind of how it goes. But see, that's Go the part it. where I'm like, <laughs> let's let's dive into that because, um, 
yeah, go, go ahead and dive into that. And I have some other, some things I'm sure I'm going to spout out, but. Um... Okay, cool. Um, it was, it was a pretty tragic um, and traumatic accident. I was doing a training run, um, a downhill skiing training run. So it was, it was a practice race leading up to a practice run leading up to a race. Um, and it was so close <clears throat> to the 2002 Olympics that my coach was like, don't push it. All you got to do is you got to finish this race. We need to keep keep you in, in good stead for qualification of the Olympics. And so, of course, <laughs> when, you know, your mom or your dad or your coach tells you not to do something like touch a hot plate or an <laughs> oven, what's the first thing you do is you touch it. And so, of course, I was like, yeah, okay, coach, I'm going to take it easy. And I didn't. I was like a kamikaze down that practice run. Uh, and I, I, I crashed and I crashed at going a bazillion kilometers an hour, um, in Lycra, <laughs> uh, on ice, uh, and slid, I don't know how many hundreds of meters before impacting into, um, some pretty heavy duty, um, fencing, <clears throat> flipped over the fencing and then finished my impact with a tree Holy smokes. Yeah, so it was, it, was pretty, uh, it was pretty epic. I am incredibly lucky that I'd actually lost consciousness before any of this happened, uh, which is probably oh. what saved me. <laughs> no, I'm going to – so, I was, so I was ready to kind of stop you because – so like my relation to that is, you know, I, I had a little bit of some snowboarding stuff, right? And right. Yeah, I knocked myself out trying to rail slide a log. I, I mean, this was kind okay. of before, uh, like, helmets, and I don't know. This was, you know, I'm almost 40, so this is going back, you know, some ways for me, right? And so right. Um, I was going to ask you, I'm like, do you remember, uh, you know, the fall? Because in, in I yeah. go into motocross too, right? Like, I remembered, you know, like, before getting knocked out, it was like, I remember getting south. But then that's it, yeah. right? Like, like totally. And so, do, do you have that? Yeah, if you don't mind, I'm like, do you remember kind of like, oh, uh, you know, you're doing like, oh shit, I'm, you know, going real fast, and then all of a sudden you just woke. Like, where did you wake up? You know, exactly. Where is that? No, yeah, you're so you're so right. There's a, I think, a moment where the trauma of what's happening becomes so great that your body just shuts down. So I was racing and I went over. Um, a downhill jump so it's one of those jumps where they actually dig out the snow and there's nothing you can do but take air because there's six foot of a drop okay um so i took the drop um i took the jump and it was fine i flew well in the air but i'm pretty small to begin with so <laughs> going at that speed i probably flew a little bit farther than most and uh when i landed i hit what we used to call in, in the skiing world a rut Okay. Um, or a snow cookie, which is basically a built-up area um, of, of ice and debris, which isn't smooth. And unfortunately, it caught one of my um, bindings. And my ski oh. just went out from underneath me. And at that point, I broke and dislocated my knee. <sighs> and that's the only thing I, I actually remember fully. And then when, uh -huh. where, where did you, where did you regain sort of awareness? Like where, In the what do you remember? Really? Yeah. Wow. So and I that... missed, I missed the, the sliding. I missed the tree. I missed my helmet smashing open on impact. I missed the helicopter ride. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I missed the helicopter. I missed everything. And I woke up in the hospital. And um, what yeah. was the extent? What's the extent of... Uh... Of the damage? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had busted my right knee, <clears throat> dislocated it, and, and smashed up the patella. Um, I had broken the... Do you know, I can't even remember the name of it. The, but the, the bottom, the heel bone of my okay. left leg um i had dislocated my elbow broke my collarbone and to top it all off broke my back in two places uh so hang tight here so so you wait so (laughs) holy shit okay so you so you wake up you're in the hospital no no clue what happens other than you know you're doing a practice run right so you probably have no clue like you said you hit the berm, right? But then all the aftermath, it's kind of relying on if people, who, who saw what, right? And then, yeah. and then you get your laundry list of things that are now wrong with you. And is one of those things the fact that you can't move with your, broke being, with your back being broken? Or is it, or is it your back yeah. broken? It was. So you, were, yeah. you had paralysis. Um, well, that's what they originally diagnosed me with. Okay. Um, which is a pretty difficult uh, swill, uh, pill to swallow. <laughs> so you're, you're 20 years old, right? 1920 something. Yeah. And, and having thoughts of Olympics. Definitely getting, Olympic ambition for sure. And then getting a doctor. To tell me you'd never walk again. Yeah. What, what, yeah. What's, what's that? What's that like? <laughs> Uh, it's not great. <laughs> and yeah, listen, it's a hugely emotional and traumatic part of my life. <clears throat> it's uh, a memory that will haunt me probably for the rest of my life. But it also drove me um, to anger, to depression, to ambition, to a whole bunch of different things that I never and a whole bunch of emotions I never thought I'd probably feel to that level of extreme uh and it was the end of one chapter and at the time it felt like the end of my life Mm -hmm. so if you because i'm i'm like i'm trying to i'm trying to think through this story right and i'm (laughs) so the part that i'm like so i mean if you don't know, you know, those listening, if you don't know, uh, look up Rhea, please, because uh, <laughs> I've been following for, you know, some time and, uh, you know, just huge fan. But, you know, the, to say badass or anything like that, you know, I don't think it does justice. I, I think the part that I'm hunting for. I like right the here, sound of it, though. <laughs> yeah, hell, hell yeah. Uh, the, the part that I'm hunting for here is that, okay, so... You, you have these things, right? And it and it's hard as you go through phases of life. Like I, like I mentioned, like I'm almost 40, right? And I remember sure. thinking certain things at, you know, when I was 20 and then it's like, like you feel oh, invincible to be when you're younger, oh, right? Oh, for sure. I didn't fear certain, <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't have concerns over things, you know, like I just didn't, you know, safety stuff, whatever. It's just like, ah, oh, it's fine. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Right. Uh, and, well, um, and also that makes, that really defines you as a person. I mean, having those no fear and 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 we all suffer we all have that um 
less emotion, less fear, much more excitable personalities were younger. And unfortunately, as we get older, that changes. But so I was at that point in my life where I had no fear. I was a happy kamikaze. Uh, you know, I loved it. I was I was a yep. speed demon. Yep. Um, I, I kind of still am today, but not nearly in the same way. <laughs> well, it's funny because for me, I'm completely opposite. I'm like, really? I'm, the, I'm total. Well, I still take risks for myself. But like, I guess I thought as I get older, like, because I did, you know, I did like motocross, I did MMA and all these right. things that I would guess would be like, I mean, now the MMA thing's a big deal, right? Like motocross has gotten to be a big deal, but those things, you know, back in the day, you know, we're small. I mean, I don't even know if some people will call that like sportish type things, right? It's like, oh, you ride a dirt bike or, oh, like you do what? That's barbaric. I, you know, like that right. type of but a thing. But they're so relevant and up to date and cool today. You're oh, ahead of your sure. time, Jeff. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, I didn't, uh, <laughs> it's just it's just so funny that it's like I, I'm the complete like. Uh, so I thought with all that, right? Like, oh, you know, we have two little kiddos, and I'm like, oh, they'll, yeah. they'll be into all these things, and right, and I'm like the helicopter dad from hell. Like, I, I'm like, <laughs> no, don't, you know, I'm running over everything. So, so the part that like. I'm relating to you on is this, is that, uh, the element that, that, that it's, I don't want to say danger, but it's like the adventurous side, right? Like yeah. I, I could conquer this. I can do this. I can do this. Right. Yeah. And you get someone kind of in front of your face kind of going like, no. And that's always been a thing for me. Like someone says, you mentioned it before, like you don't do that or you can't do that. And I'm like, bullshit, you know, right? that type no, of exactly. thing, right? So you well, get this. And yeah, that's exactly right. And the minute that, well, not the minute, the minute that doctor told me that I was broken uh, and I was angry and a whole bunch of emotions sort of reared their ugly heads. But pretty quickly I turned around and said, no one tells me I can't do something. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and it, there's these defining moments in your life where something either confines you or defines you. And I wasn't going to let this confine or define me. I, wa I wanted to prove them wrong. And I wanted to say, I'll show you. Um, because frankly, I thought I'd still be able to race again. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be back on my feet. I'm going to be racing. Like I was totally convinced. I mean, in the end, the recovery was much longer uh, and much harder than I expected it to be. But, recover I did um uh and luckily it was a bruised spinal cord um rather than a severed spinal cord which saved me really I mean um there's nothing you can do if you've severed your spinal cord but um mine was just incredibly bruised and so there was a it was a long journey to recovery um, and a lot of being incredibly stubborn and mm -hmm. not listening to anything anyone said, you know, oh, Rhea, take it easy. You don't want to overdo it. You know, two hours of physio a day is enough. And I was doing six hours of physio a day yep. because yep. I just I felt like if you didn't do more than was expected of you, I wouldn't get the results that I wanted, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so what was the time frame from when I was hunting for that moment when you like like they say uh, they tell you no. Right. And then you're yeah. like, you, you kind of say pound sand, right? Like, I'll show you what, what yeah. was the time frame between when you started seeing, because that's all mental. Right. And I, and I totally try to share that stuff with a lot of people. Like there's a lot of bullshit in life just in general. 
you know, like none, yeah. none of it's easy. Right. And so right. when you get that, you, you got a bunch of shit drawn on you and then it's about you kind of rising back up when, how long of a time frame was it before you started seeing that actual, uh, the physicality part come in because mentally you're carrying yourself, right? Like I'm going to do these little things or I'm going <clears> to <throat> practice this or I'm going to practice that. Right. But then yeah. where's the point where you're like, yeah, you, you say I, that <clears throat> there was the, but the mental recovery was actually, much longer than the physical actually but I can only say that today and I only say that because a lot of people might listen back and go well hang on a minute you're pretty strong to think like that but actually I was incredibly depressed and the next decade and the behaviors that followed actually is a good indication of that so it took me three years really to get from from wheelchair to abled body walking and 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 confident and and doing yeah exactly (laughs) no not not rock star i definitely wasn't a rock star three years later um but i had changed my lifestyle so i worked out going well listen i can't you know i tried to go back to skiing i did actually i mean i remember um 18 months after my accident i flew out to new zealand and i did a season out there um, and I went out with the you know Canadian coaches, and they were so supportive. But like you could tell, like behind my back, they're like, "What the hell is she doing?" I mean, like, good for her, but we need to send her home. We can't give her false hopes here. Um, and you know, they never said it to my face, which was really nice. Um, but I knew uh, two years after my accident that I was never going to be able to go back. Um, to skiing in particular because I had lost so much momentum and girls that were um, so far behind me two years previously were like kicking my butt um, at the races in New Zealand and it was it was it was demoralizing and it was heartbreaking and I was like right I need to do something else so I sank myself into business school I went to university and and okay. thought I'm going to become you know, a lawyer or an accountant or some awesome business person, which, you know, throughout my 20s, I did. Um, But with that came the reality of how depressed I actually was without really ever knowing how bad the depression had gotten. So there is definitely a time in my life where I was not happy with who I was throughout university and then the the jobs that I had throughout with, you know, kind of a sort of seven, eight years, I gained a ton of weight. <laughs> I was definitely not a rock star. I thought I was a rock star because I recovered <laughs> from this. Dude, I, don't know. I, I think that's <laughs> fucking incredible. I mean, I, I definitely say rock star. I mean, that's, that's incredible stuff because I think for sure, like depression, all those things. I mean, like I kind of wanted to ask you, some questions on the mental side of it because sure i've had some buddies i've lost you know i've lost uh a a buddy of mine uh to the depression piece um if you will uh and it's you know i think that i think that you know the 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 valleys and the mountains and all that stuff right it's it's oh yeah peaks and and troughs it's hard and challenges and and all that shit and i think that you know you kind of do certain things and and um you're figuring stuff out and I just hats off to get to, to your progress. Right. Um, yeah, but I was curious how you like, where, like <clears throat> the whole, I, I want to kind of refer to it as that Here, here's the thing I grew yeah. up with my, with surfing. Okay. And surfing okay. to me was one thing that I actually felt like was fun. So I right. got to like, kind of like you, like I got to a really high level of the sport 
Um, but I missed the boat. And so for sure. me, okay, that's, that's, that's okay, right? But I've spent a lot of my, I identify a lot with like my, my extracurricular activities, right? Like, you know, I have yeah. a job and all that stuff and I want to do great at all things, right? But I will tell you that I have never, I have yet to sort of find um, that same enjoyment that I got from surfing. And it's one of those things that like, I, my, my chapter's closed there. I did a similar mm. thing to you. I, I kind of tried to go back to it. Like some years later, like I quit cold Turkey five years, tried to go back and was just like, this right. just pisses exactly. me off more because I was yeah. terrible. Um, but, it, <laughs> but I'm curious, like, what do you think that is about? The, because to me, that was like a hole for me, you know? And I, and I've, I've obviously found myself now in this triathlon, but I'll tell you, like none of the shit that I do with triathlon, I, I don't feel that artsy thing like I did right. the surfing. Right. And so it's like, I just, you had the scheme. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, where, where, how did you walk through that? If you don't mind. And I'm not saying like looking for an answer. I'm just curious because some people, you just never know who listens to these things or sure. what phase people are in. And so I'm like, yeah, if you have any defining kind of points where you were going through, you know, just ultimate shit and you're like, look, you know, I tried this, I tried this or whatever. Where was it that you sort of started resurrecting? You know what I mean? So, yeah, totally. So um, I masked a lot of my depression for a really long time because I'm, I'm actually a naturally a very positive person, for sure. There's no doubt. So the depression that I suffer from isn't nearly as severe as some people might suffer from. But okay. we all get it and we all get down, especially when you go through a life trauma. Sure. Um, and it, so university was like an escape for me. I went to business school. I was going to be this like executive Barbie CEO type. I was like, I'm going to leave the sports behind me. Um, and I thought that's what I wanted to do because I was deep down. I was so angry with what happened. And I right. sort of felt like my life was so done and not, I engrossed myself in something completely opposite, um, thinking that that was going to give me the release that I wanted. Right. Um, so I went to university and I had this, um, amazing time but not really <laughs> I wasn't fulfilled you know I I didn't really engross myself into university life I studied hard I liked what I studied but I was so focused and driven kind of like the initial athlete I always was that I the three years went by and I left and I had no long-lasting relationships in terms of friendships that I'd forged or people that I had really connected with. And then suddenly I went into work and I engrossed myself in work. Um, and so kind of these four years went by and I was happy because I was making money and I was doing something different, or at least I thought I was. Um, and that's when the weight gain really started and the drinking started and the socializing to an umph degree that was so unnecessary because I was looking for a release. Um, and that was my hole. Uh, the hole was, was almost six years after my accident when I finally realized what had happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't really know, I didn't, I didn't know how bad it had gotten. Um, and then sadly I <laughs> was on a work trip uh, and got really ill with um, meningitis, <clears throat> which was like the second thing that hit me. Um, and that was another defining moment in my life. That was what, you know, 
oh my God, I'm 27. I've got meningitis. I'm sick again. How could this have happened? Um, and the recovery from the meningitis was getting out of that hole. Um, if that makes sense. This, yeah. That was sort of my realization. Oh my God, something has to give. This lifestyle that I'm leading is unhealthy for the mind. It's unhealthy for the body. And I'm going to be in an early grave. Case in point, I've just spent three months in hospital and at home sleeping on a couch because I'm too ill to work or to function. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely don't blame my lifestyle, but it didn't help, you know? For sure. Falling falling ill with something like meningitis so so that was my hole and it's a bad place to be for anybody well and that's i mean it's like i'm not it's just something i just think it's just interesting to kind of touch on because it's like i mean i've debated on some of those things too like you know my wife asked me like what what was the whole journey thing about like you having a midlife crisis you know and i'm like you know type thing but but it was like i kind of just wonder sometimes i'm like you know maybe maybe my part was is like stop trying to stop trying to fill that hole, you know, like, like that's yeah. maybe not a hole that needs to be filled. Like, like it's just, uh, it's a scar. It's, it's something that you just kind of own. And I think maybe yeah. that be, can become a black hole. I don't know. This is just, again, my humble opinion. Like I have no f- fucking backing behind it. <laughs> but I just, I get nervous. No, but I you've see... been through those, those life moments, like the surfing and going through so many different sports and, and clearly almost thrill seeking looking for the next big thing that's going to give you that rush that you once had yeah and i can totally resonate with that and i'm sure everyone else listening can too in their own way because what you went through is just as traumatic as i went through because it's relative to your life versus mine and mental health never gets this sort of um, focus and attention that I think it needs because yeah. it's hidden and it's not in the forefront. Physical physicality we can see. Sure. Someone can see that you've broken your leg or that you're in a wheelchair and people can feel sorry for you or they can choose to support you. Mental health is hidden and nobody ever talks about it. And it's a real tough thing to crack. So the black hole analogy is really good, I think. You, well, you know, here's in, your, in your humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. This is what I love about this stuff. It's like, look, like who thought you and I were doing this healing session? Like I'm, I'm getting all that <laughs> yeah. out of it. But I mean, my, my point is, Doctor like, Jeff is, and <laughs> Doctor Ray. Join us next week as we discuss uh, layers of. But um, okay, we're gonna so, have Doctor Phil join us. <laughs> we should. We should. <laughs> I got some questions for that guy. Um, so, <laughs> I bet you do. So walk me. So I, I love everything. Just thank you so much. Like I, I really, I, <laughs> I connect to a lot of the stuff that you're saying. Right. And I want to kind of shift it a little bit into where did your path lead into what you're doing right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how, yeah. Where did you get that? And how did, how did the itch stick? You know? Cause I'm like, so scan. How'd you get in? Oh, yeah, like, right? You know, like, yeah. So it's, it's stuck because I was in, um, I was in Bali. This was a, just like a year. And there was about two or three years after my uh, recovering from meningitis. And I was in Bali with, a, with about 25 friends. We had two 30th birthday parties. And I think I was 31. So this is about three years ago, four years ago. Okay. Um, and I looked at the pictures and I was fat. <laughs> I mean, I was huge and I, I hated 
who I saw in these pictures. So much so that not a single one has been published on any social media site. All the pictures that my friends have put up, I've made them crop. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I just couldn't believe my life had gotten to this. And so I needed to do something about it. And I had no idea what that was. But I knew that running was the easiest thing to lose weight. Um, I, you know, you don't even have to be a good runner. It's one foot in front of the other. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, you're lapping everyone sitting on the couch, even if you're going at a snail's pace. That's so I started running. <laughs> you know? okay. So I okay. started running. Um, I told my friends, I was like, listen, guys, I'm not going to the pub anymore. I know our lives revolve around. And, and by the way, I, I don't know what the demographic of your listeners are, but um, here in the UK, life revolves around the pub. And so if, if you don't drink, <clears throat> like you have no social life, or at least that's what I thought. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so I kind of said, guys, I'm not going to drink. I need to lose this weight. And I just don't feel very happy in myself. So I started running and God was I slow. <laughs> I mean, I sucked. <laughs> I think I did. They have, I don't know if they have this um, over in the States, but in the UK, they have what's called park run. And every Saturday morning, we go out and we, there's a, a, a volunteer social run called, okay. called park run, which is five kilometers. And everybody's welcome. So I rocked up to my very first park run. And literally, and the park that I live on has this monster of a hill, which you have to do twice because my park is two and a half kilometers long and five park runs. Yep, 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 yep. So I get to like 400 meters into the run and I'm like, oh, this is okay. This is great. And then I reach this hill and I get to the top and I literally am dying. Like I'm gasping for air. My, the fat on my stomach is just like bouncing up and down. And I'm just like, this is a new low, Rhea. What the <laughs> hell am I going to do to get out of this funk? And it took me... 37 minutes to run that 5k I mean I was and that's when I knew that I had to do something because even though it only it took me 37 minutes which in the grand scheme of things for most uh, like sprint triathletes do it seriously it's pretty slow um and I must have been one of the last people to finish the park run um but that was where my journey started and I started running and I fell in love with it even though I sucked at it uh, by the way, I still suck at it today. Oh, I'm um, with you. I'm on that <laughs> so, team too. Yeah. So I started running and then a couple of my friends actually started leaving the pub and they were like, we're going to join you for park run. And like, you know, this mentality shift started and I had a lot of friends help me. The problem was, was actually I wasn't a very good runner, but my technique was pretty poor and, and all these things. So I started injuring myself. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'd get like little fractures, uh, hairline, not hairline fractures, um, shin splints in my shins and on my, my toes and my, the bones and my feet were really sore because I was such a heavy runner. Um, and a lot of that had to do with my weight, but wanting to run quickly. So mm. I got a nutritionist and I joined a running club, um, cause I knew I needed to drop the weight and I knew I needed to learn how to run. And that was sort of where it all began. But someone at the running club said, hey, listen, you've got actually some really strong muscles. You should try cycling. And I was like, 
do you know what? That's actually not a bad idea because like that's not low impact. And uh-huh. you know, I finish a 5k run and I'm dying. I can't breathe. And my chest is like, my heart is jumping out of my chest. I can't, but so this might be a good idea. So I bought a bike, like a 300 pounds, like $400 jobby off eBay. Okay. Um, and started commuting into work. Um, I learned to ride the bike. I then was like, Hey, this is awesome. Maybe I should like try doing a sportive. So, um, what, a, what? Else, a sportive. So in, in, they do like these, like really awesome social rides in, in, oh, in the oh, UK. Okay. So it's, it is technically a race cause they close the roads for you. And then, but it's not about like who comes first. It's just the participation. Okay. Um, and at that point, that was great for me because I was really intimidated by really strong, healthy, fast, good-looking people because it just wasn't in the right emotional state to deal with that. Um, I'm still intimidated by that. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, um, I hate putting I, on spandex. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, Oh, yeah. no, no. I, I embrace it now. <laughs> um, I own it. I don't know then, if I'm comfortable you well you've got if you own it you always look good i promise you (laughs) um um, and then last but not least um someone said you should join the trifecta join a triathlon club and try swimming too and so i did and that was uh two two and a bit years ago and so i joined a triathlon club and i i just caught this incredible bug because i met people who were like-minded we Mm -hmm. all had different jobs from all walks of life but everyone's social interactions revolved around sport and not drinking. Mm-hmm. And I r- really connected with these people and I really enjoyed turning up to my swim ses- sessions, even though I was the slowest person in the water. I was the slowest person at track. I was the slowest person um, on our bike rides, but I loved it, <laughs> you know, and, and that's where this newfound love for myself and for something else sort of materialized. And then I got a bu- and then I got the bug. And then here you are, just and here I am, crushing it. And you've done, uh, I think you've done <laughs> three three halves and a full, which I think fulls are just bullshit to me. But um... so I, yeah. So I never intended, by the way, to go long, as in the <laughs> half Ironman. Yeah. Like I never intended. I thought, like you said. I mean, it's total bullshit. I mean, these people are, are insane. Why would you exercise for 12 freaking hours? That, that is ludicrous. Uh, and it, as with all sport, when someone dares you or challenges you, do you say no? Because I certainly don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what happened. So, like, last year, no, the year before last, I did, like, seven Olympic triathlons. I was obsessed. And, by the way, I wasn't fast. Like, I did, but I'd lost all this weight. And I was loving it. I was just wanted to get like five or 10 minutes faster in each race. And because I was making these incredible gains in terms, in terms of weight loss, but also confidence in myself and my ability to run and my ability to swim, I was getting super, super fast. Um, not su- like world championship fast, but super fast. And then someone said, let's do a half Ironman. And I was like, no way. You are crazy Go and do it yourself. Have mm. fun. And he was like, Rhea, two years ago, we, we would have spent all night in Saturday night in the pub until closing. And then we would have stumbled home blind drunk. And now look at us. We're going out on bike rides at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. This is so awesome. You have to do this with me. This will complete our journey. And so I said, okay, fine. But I get to choose the country. Because if we're going to do something stupid like a half Ironman, I want to go somewhere awesome and enjoy it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
so we did so we did we went to croatia and we did the half ironman and i tell you what i freaking loved it and suddenly i realized why people go long it's like it's that next challenge like you're saying you've really struggled to find that same passion or hook that you had with your surfing and Mm -hmm. suddenly i crossed that finish line doing the half ironman reminding myself where i'd been 15 years earlier and that high was better than any drunken night out any Mm. you know any crossing one of those skiing finish lines it felt like i'd accomplished something and that's when my boyfriend at the time when i crossed that finish line went shut up stopping so emotional it's only a half and i was like Oh, and I signed up for a full there and then. <laughs> so, so there you go. So I did my first full. Um, I did that in November. I'm in no rush to do another one, but yeah, it, that's, well, that's been the journey so far. And that's why I love it. And what, as you say, crushing it, it's just, I thrive off it. It's, it's my new adrenaline. Yeah. Well, what do you have on tap for this? For this year what i mean like you know for for people listening like where are you going to be so i'm going to be dotted around i'm going to do a couple tri camps early on the season um over here in europe um um going over to lanzarote it's a really famous sort of tri camp really similar to hawaii the sort of temperatures the winds the, the heat that sort of thing uh, and then i'm going to do tri camp in Mallorca in spain um which should be fun and then race wise I'm going to do my first race of the season in um, St. Polten, which is just outside of Vienna in Austria. And that's a half Ironman. Um, followed by a half Ironman in uh, Edinburgh here in the UK, which will be hilly and cold. And I'm super <laughs> up for the challenge, but yep. it's not going to be the best one I've ever done. <laughs> We're yeah. not going for a PB there. No, it'll be a good um, And then... <laughs> The, I guess the whole consensus, the, the, the real big um, culmination of this whole story, um, which is my Instagram handle, which is wheelchair to world championships last year on my journey to completing my first full Ironman, I qualified for the 70.3 world champs in South Africa this year. Oh, there you go. So, so... I'll, be virtually, I'll be virtually cheering you on at all those. So yeah, first of September, uh, South Africa Ironman seventy point three World Champs. I'm super, super excited. Um, so that's where that's where I'll be. My season then wraps up in Ibiza in Spain with uh, the European ETU triathlons, and I'm gonna have a crack at Aquabike because, like I said, I still can't run for shit. <laughs> but I'm a pretty good swimmer and bicyclist. So um, yeah. So side side question: How in any of the Spain occurrences, how far off are you from Mundaka? Do you know where Mundaka is? I've never heard of it. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, all right. Uh, well, see, and then that's going to be terrible for my geography because, see, this is from all my <laughs> surfing days when we went to France back in my heyday and uh, like Hossiger and um, Biarritz, some of the areas over there was kind of a nice. hotbed for okay. surfing. And then we went up to Spain and there's a place called Mundaka. Um I, I'm frantically I trying to Google it while we're recording, but I don't. Yeah, know it's like a it's that. a trippy like the town. You know, it's just there's a some big castle and there, it's kind of like um, got a little kind of cove in it, <clears throat> and there's a big wave that kind of comes right by there. And I was just curious if any of the racing was 
um, or areas um, right near that. But so I'm not sure the the um the place where I'm going in Spain in terms of racing and training are both islands. Um, uh, so Ibiza is a pretty well known. Funny enough, I think it's hilarious because I've been to Ibiza and I've partied hard in Ibiza. It's one of these like, you know. If if your listeners are, are North American based, it's like going down to Cancun for the weekend and having like, <laughs> a blast, right? Yeah. So this is Ibiza is like party central in Europe, and I have spent a lot of my twenties partying there in the summers. Like I said, I kind of found this groove of partying and working hard, and now I'm going back to be wearing lycra and sporting like a British flag because I'll be t- I'm. Su- uh, competing for team GB in my age group. So I kind of feel like this is like awesome round circle, like going yeah. back there. Um, the weekend of what we call closing parties. So it's like the end of the season festival. I, why they chose to do the European championships when basically the entire Europe who like to party descend on this island is beyond me, but I, I find it hilarious and um, <laughs> this nice little, nice little tie up. <laughs> Oh man, it sounds like you have some awesome areas that you go to though. I don't have a, not as worldly as that, but, um, like I said, I'll be, I'll be virtually cheering and I'm sure. Well, thank uh, you for the support. I love it. Oh, hell yeah. And it's just cool. I just like sharing the stories and stuff. I think like you were mentioning the progression and all that stuff with the sport. And I kind of feel like my big thing is, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't able to fill the hole necessarily, but that's fine. I've, I've found that kind of this sport for me has been, like you're saying the like-minded I've enjoyed the story piece, like, like, you know, your right. story today and, and so many of these people that kind of, um, come, come across and kind of like y- you, uh, you, like you said, kind of the hidden thing. Like, I, I feel like the stories in themselves are, are, are also that way, right? Like you, you, you don't know someone's kind of path or whatever, you know, no. I'm not saying the demons, but it's like you, these people kind of come out and for the most part, you know, I've met positive people. And it's been such an uplifting totally. thing, whereas my sports of past have been more insular, like they've been kind of more yeah. isolated. Um, and so, you know, for me, that's kind of what's been my big driver is like I see kind of, uh, you know, all these other people sort of triumphing and and uh, and that's what's made me kind of been like, well, damn it, you know, like, <clears throat> I <wanna> okay. do <laughs> yeah, so then I, you know, push a little bit more or something like that. And so it's kind of funny when I. I don't know, to, to hear comments from people or whatever, but I just, I hope that in sharing these things, you know, it, it, it gives back to other people who may also get that same sort of like, um, I don't know, benefit, you know, so. Oh, I totally get it. And and I hope so, because for me, it's not about, I don't follow like on Instagram, I don't follow the pros in triathlon. I follow some of the most inspirational sort of everyday athletes that, make me go wow you know and funny enough you asked why you don't understand why people go long so many stories that I've heard about the people who go long have something to prove and they just want to feel like they've accomplished something extraordinary you know and an Iron Man's tagline even says that like anything is possible and that feeling of crossing the finish line of an Iron Man is like no drug no uh you know, excitement, nothing really compares to that, especially if you've come from adversity, you know, something has been traumatized in your life or you've had a really tough go of it and life has thrown really crappy stuff at you. 
And then you go to take on this challenge. And it's not just the cross the finish line. It's the journey to get there. And the stories in Iron Man are insane. And that's what drives me and excites yeah. me. You know? It's yeah. inspirational. I'm with you. I feel it. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> I mean, you're one of those people, so I just freaking, you know, thank we'll, you. High, we'll high five you. And uh, if I ever get a chance to uh, cross paths or log some miles or whatever, I, I tell this to, I mean, so many people that come on here and share their story. It's like, man, if I could high five you, you know, obviously for the time, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, try to keep up. That uh, I'll do that as well. The but. virtual five. <laughs> That's right. I'm all about it. I'm bringing the high five right. back. I love it. I'm I'm super keen on a, on a you know a high five. So I'm with you there. Let's do it. Yeah, let's just we'll just start spreading <laughs> it out. Well, if there's anything yeah. anything ending, I think uh, um, if you want to give any details for people to reach out to you, I know you kind of had some for your Instagram. Um, but if you just want to do it again for people that may have uh, glossed over when I was talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I'm I'm not a massive social media user. I started my Instagram not really for anything but my my nutritionist said to, i said to her listen i've got this problem right where i skip training sessions i just like i don't have the motivation so my nutritionist said here's what you're going to do you are going to post every single workout a picture of every single workout or you are going to post what you are doing when you're supposed to be working out and you are going to name and shame yourself so i started this journey like a year and a bit ago um to sort of keep myself in check. And suddenly it's sort of exploded into this, you know, people are so supportive and I'm hoping that it, you know, gives people a little bit of motivation if they're struggling. So uh, if you want to follow my incredible, crazy, insane story, you can get me at Raya's Road to Racing. Um, and come and follow me and I'll follow you back because I love to see um, incredible stories um, and following other people's journeys. And trust me, not everything I post is about the good days. I post every day. Uh, and it's about the bad days, too. And as triathletes, trust me, we have them. Even when it looks like we're, have, like we're nailing it, we're not always nailing it. So, no. <laughs> you know, it's all about being relatable. So, yeah, come and join in. Awesome. You rock. I appreciate your time. And, um, and just Thanks for having me, now. Jeff. Yeah, you bet. It's been we'll amazing. Talk, we'll talk again. You rock. Take care. You too. Yo, you hi, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? How is it over there? I'm good, thank you. It's cold and already dark. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Now, <laughs> where exactly, I mean, you don't have to give the specifics, but where exactly are you located? I'm in London, in the UK. Ah, good old London. Yeah. Good old yeah, London. It's a great place as long as you don't have to cycle out of it, which is what we have to do every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so wait, now, have you grown up there your, your whole life? or? No, no. Not with this accent. <laughs> I'm sorry, well, that's what I was going with. All right, first, first, let me back up. Why don't, why don't we just start it off by, why don't you just give me an intro? Because, so I didn't, I didn't share anything about uh, your story, which uh huge hats off by the way so i don't want to spoil uh, anything and so to me i'm like why don't if you don't mind if you just if you just you know talk to me like i'm a little kid and just you know here's my name and everything and and just give me a little <laughs> intro into you before i start spouting off and firing my questions out 
Okay, I mind. mean, how, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> you know, I, 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 we got time. So I kind of feel like, you know, <laughs> I like the interesting stuff. And it's always like, if, if you've done, like you said, you were starting up a podcast and you're doing anything. How about some stuff that like you maybe <laughs> you haven't gleaned some light on or anything like that? And, and then also some stuff that's fun because I'm always off the cuff and um, okay, cool. appreciate a laugh. So why don't, why don't you be the boss there and just... Oh, yeah. uh, you know me. me well Jeff you know me well already I love being a boss <laughs> um cool so hi I am Rhea Hubble uh I grew up in Toronto Canada but spent my summers in Montreal and a lot of my winters um skiing uh around the U.S. and Canada uh, and I grew up skiing for quite a bit, and I got to the point where I was I was a bit of a, a keen racer, actually, um, and, and raced until the age of 19 slash 20, when I, unfortunately, I had a bit of a tragic accident. Uh, and go, yeah, let's get into that. Let's, uh, okay. I, I, yeah, so, um, and please, I cut people off, so uh, that's just kind of how it goes, but see, that's go the where I'm like. <laughs> Let's let's dive into that because, um, yeah, go, go ahead and dive into that. And I have some other some things I'm sure I'm going to spout out. But um. okay, cool. Um, it was it was a pretty tragic um, and traumatic accident. I was doing a training run, um, a downhill skiing training run. So it was, it was a practice race leading up to a practice run leading up to a race, um, and it was so close to the 2002 Olympics that my coach was like, don't push it. All you got to do is you got to finish this race. We need to keep, keep you in, in good stead for qualification of the Olympics. And so, of course, <laughs> when, you know, your mom or your dad or your coach tells you not to do something, like touch a hot plate or an <laughs> oven, what's the first thing you do is you touch it. And so, of course, I was like, yeah, okay, coach, I'm going to take it easy. And I didn't. I was like a kamikaze down that practice run. Uh, and I, I, I crashed. And I crashed at going a bazillion kilometers an hour um, in Lycra <laughs> uh, on ice uh, and slid, I don't know how many hundreds of meters before impacting into um, some pretty heavy-duty um, – fencing <clears throat> flipped over the fencing and then finished my impact with a tree holy smokes yeah so it was, it was pretty uh it was pretty epic i am incredibly lucky that i'd actually lost consciousness before any of this happened uh which is probably oh. what saved me <laughs> no i'm gonna i was so i was instant, i was ready to kind of stop you because so like my relation to that is you know i i had a little bit of some snowboarding stuff. Right. And right. yeah, I knocked myself out trying to rail slide a log. I, I mean, this was kind okay. of before, uh, like helmets and I don't know, this was, you know, I'm almost 40. So this is going back, you know, some ways for me. Right. And so, right. um, I was going to ask you, I'm like, do you remember, uh, you know, the fall because in, and I yeah. go into motocross too, right? Like I remembered, you know, like before getting knocked out, it was like, I remembered getting south. But then that's it, yeah. right? Like, like totally. And so, do do you have that? Yeah, if you don't mind, I'm like, do you remember kind of like, oh, uh, 
you know, you're doing like, a, oh, shit, I'm, you know, going real fast. And then all of a sudden you just woke, like, where did you wake up? You know, exactly. where is that? Yeah. You're so, you're so right. There's, a, I think, a moment where the trauma of what's happening becomes so great that your body just shuts down. So I was racing and I went over um, a downhill jump. So it's one of those jumps where they actually dig out the snow and there's nothing you can do but take air because there's six foot of a drop. Okay. Um, so I took the drop. Um, I took the jump and it was fine. I flew well in the air, but I'm pretty small to begin with. So going at that speed, I probably flew a little bit farther than most. And uh, when I landed, I hit what we used to call in, in the skiing world a rut. Okay. Um, or a snow cookie, which is basically a built up area um, of, of ice and debris, which isn't smooth. And unfortunately, it caught one of my um, bindings. And my ski oh. just went out from underneath me. And at that point, I broke and dislocated my knee. <sighs> and that's the only thing I, I actually remember fully. And then when, uh, where, where did you, where did you regain sort of awareness? Like wh in the what do you remember? Really? Yeah. Wow. So and I missed, I missed the, the sliding. I missed the tree. I missed my helmet smashing open on impact. I missed the helicopter ride. <laughs> um, yeah. I missed the helicopter. Ride. I missed everything. And I woke up in the hospital. And um, what yeah. was the extent What's the extent of, uh, of the damage? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I had busted my right knee, <clears throat> dislocated it and, and smashed up the patella. Um, I had broken the, do you know, I can't even remember the name of it, the, but the, the bottom, the heel bone of my okay. left leg. Um, I had dislocated my elbow broke my collarbone and to top it all off, broke my back in two places. Uh, so hang tight here. So, <laughs> so you wait, so <laughs> holy shit. Okay. So you, so you wake up, you're in the hospital, no, no clue what happens other than, you know, you're doing a practice run, right? So you probably have no clue. Like you said, you hit the berm, right. But then all the aftermath, it's kind of relying on if people who, who saw what, right. And then, yeah. and then you get your laundry list of things that are now wrong with you. And is one of those things, the fact that you can't move with your broke being with your back being broken or is it, or is it your back yeah. broken? It was. So you were, yeah. you had paralysis. Um, well, that's what they originally diagnosed me with. Okay. Um, which is a pretty difficult, uh, swill have pill to swallow <laughs> so you're you're 20 years old right 19 20 something yeah and and having thoughts of olympics definitely getting, olympic ambition for sure and then getting a doctor to tell me you'd saying, never walk again yeah what, what yeah. what's what's that what's that like uh it's not great <laughs> And yeah, listen, it's a hugely emotional and traumatic part of my life. <clears throat> it's uh, a memory that will haunt me probably for the rest of my life. But it also drove me um, to anger, to depression, to ambition, to a whole bunch of different things that I never and a whole bunch of emotions I never thought I'd, I'd probably feel it, to that level of extreme.
uh, and it was the end of one chapter. And at the time, it felt like the end of my life. Mm-hmm. So if you, because I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think through this story, right? And I'm, <laughs> so the part that I'm like, so, t- I mean, if you don't know, you know, those listening, if you don't know, uh, look up R- Rhea, please, because uh, <laughs> I- I've been following for, you know, some time and, uh, you know, just huge fan. But, you know, the, to say badass or anything like that, you know, I don't think it does justice. I, I think the part that I'm hunting for. I like right the here, sound of it, though. <laughs> yeah, hell, hell yeah. Uh, the, the part that I'm hunting for here is that, OK, so you, you have these things, right? And, it, and it's hard as you go through phases of life. Like I, like I mentioned, like I'm almost 40, right? And I remember sure. thinking certain things that, you know, when I was 20 and then it's like. like you feel oh, invincible to be when you're younger, oh. right? Oh, for sure. I didn't fear certain. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't have concerns over things, you know, like I just didn't you know, safety stuff, whatever. It's just like, ah, oh, it's fine. It's going to be fine. Right. And well, um, but also that makes, that really defines you as a person. I mean, having those no fear and, and, and we all suff- we all have that um, less emotion, less fear, much more excitable personalities as we're younger. And unfortunately, as we get older, that changes. But so I was at that point in my life where I had no fear I was a happy kamikaze. Uh, you know, I loved it. I was, I was a yep. speed demon. Yep. Um, I, I kind of still am today, but not nearly in the same way. <laughs> well, it's funny because for me, I'm completely opposite. I'm like, really? I'm, the, I'm total. Well, I still take risks for myself. But like, I guess I thought as I get older, like because I did, you know, I did like motocross, I did MMA and all these right. things that I would guess would be like, I mean, now the MMA thing's a big deal, right? Like motocross has gotten to be a big deal. But those things, you know, back in the day, you know, we're small. I mean, I don't even know if some people will call that like sportish type things, right? It's like, oh, you ride a dirt bike or, oh, like you do what? That's barbaric. I, you know, like that right. type of but thing. But they're, then- so, they're so relevant and up to date and cool today. You're oh, ahead of your sure. time, Jeff. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, I didn't, uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just so funny that it's like, I'm the complete, like, uh, so I thought with all that, right? Like, oh, you know, we have two little kiddos and I'm like, oh, they'll they'll be into all these things. And right. And I'm like the helicopter dad from hell. Like I, I'm (laughs) like, no, no, you know, I'm running over everything. So, so the part that like I'm relating to you on is this, is that uh, the element that, that, that it's, I don't want to say danger, but it's like the adventurous side, right? Like yeah. I, I can conquer this. I can do this. I can do this. Right. Yeah. And you get someone kind of in front of your face kind of going like, no. And that's always been a thing for me. Like someone says, you mentioned it before, like you don't do that or you can't do that. And I'm like, bullshit. You know, right? that type no, of exactly. Thing, right? So you well, get this. Doc- yeah, that's exactly right. And the minute that, well, not the minute, the minute that doctor told me that I was broken uh, and I was angry and a whole bunch of emotions sort of reared their ugly heads. But Pretty quickly, I turned around and said, no one tells me I can't do something. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and it, there's these defining moments in your life where something either confines you or defines you. And I wasn't going to let this confine or define me. I, wa- I wanted to prove them wrong. And I wanted to say, I'll show you. Um, because frankly, I thought I'd still be able to race again. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to be. 
I'm going to be back on my feet. I'm going to be racing. Like, I was totally convinced. I mean, in the end, the recovery was much longer uh, and much harder than I expected it to be. But recover, I did. Um, uh, and luckily, it was a bruised spinal cord um, rather than a severed spinal cord, which saved me, really. I mean, um, there's nothing you can do if you've severed your spinal cord, but um, mine was just incredibly bruised. And so there was a, it was a long journey to recovery um, and a lot of being incredibly stubborn and mm. not listening to anything anyone said. You know, oh, Rhea, take it easy. You don't want to overdo it. You know, two hours of physio a day is enough. And I was doing six hours of physio a day yep. because yep. I just, I felt like if you didn't, do more than was expected of you, I wouldn't get the results that I wanted, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so what was the time frame from when I was hunting for that moment when you like, like they say, uh, they tell you no, right. And then you're yeah. like, you, you kind of say pound sand, right? Like I'll show you what, what yeah. was the time frame between when you started seeing, because that's all mental. Right. And I, and I totally try to share that stuff with a lot of people. Like, there's a lot of bullshit in life just in general, you know, like none, yeah. none of it's easy. Right. And so right. when you get that, you, you got a bunch of shit drawn on you and then it's about you kind of rising back up when, how long of a time frame was it before you started seeing that actual, uh, the physicality part come in because mentally you're carrying yourself, right? Like I'm going to do these little things or I'm going <laughs> to practice this or I'm going to practice that. Right. But then yeah. where's the point where you're like, yeah, you, you say I, that <clears throat> there was, the, but the mental recovery was actually much longer than the physical. Actually, it, it, but I can only say that today, and I only say that because a lot of people might listen back and go, "Well, hang on a minute, you were pretty strong to think like that." But actually, I was incredibly depressed, and the next decade and the behaviors that followed actually is a good indication of that. So, it took me three years, okay. really, to get from from wheelchair to able body walking and, and, and confident <laughs> and, and doing, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, not, not rock star. I definitely wasn't a rock star three years later. Um, but I had changed my lifestyle. So I worked out going, well, listen, I can't, you know, I tried to go back to skiing. I did actually. I mean, I remember, um, 18 months after my accident, I flew out to New Zealand and I did a season out there. Um, and I went out with the you know Canadian coaches and they were so supportive, but like you could tell like behind my back, they're like, what the hell is she doing? Here? I mean, like, good for her, but we need to send her home. We can't give her false hopes here. Um, and you know, they never said it to my face, which was really nice. Um, but I knew uh, two years after my accident that I was never going to be able to go back. Um, to skiing in particular, because I had lost so much momentum and girls that were um, so far behind me two years previously were like kicking my butt um, at the races in New Zealand. And it was, it was, it was demoralizing and it was heartbreaking. And I was like, right, I need to do something else. So I sank myself into business school. I went to university and, and okay. thought I'm going to become you know, a lawyer or an accountant or some awesome business person, which, you know, throughout my 20s, I did. Um, but with that came the reality of how depressed I actually was without really ever knowing how bad the depression had gotten. So there is definitely a time in my life where I 
was not happy with who I was throughout university and then the the jobs that I had throughout with you know kind of a sort of seven eight years I gained a ton of weight <laughs> I was definitely not a rock star I thought I was a rock star because I recovered <laughs> from this Dude, I, I, mean, don't know. I, I think that's <laughs> fucking incredible I mean I, I definitely say rock star I mean that's that's incredible stuff because I think for sure like depression all those things I mean like I kind of wanted to ask you some questions on the mental side of it because sure you know, I've had some buddies I've lost you know I've lost uh, a, a buddy of mine uh, to the depression piece um, if you oh, will God. Uh, and yeah. it's you know I think that I think that you know the 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 valleys and the mountains and all that stuff right it's it's tough. oh yeah peaks and, it's, and, and troughs it's hard yeah, and challenges and, and all that shit and I think that you know you kind of do certain things and and um you're figuring stuff out and I just have off to get to, to your progress. Right. Um, yeah, but I was curious how you like, where, like <clears throat> the whole, I, I want to kind of refer to it as that. Here, here's the thing I grew <laughs> yeah. up with my, with surfing. Okay. And surfing okay. to me was one thing that I actually felt like was fun. So I right. got to like, kind of like you, like I got to a really high level of the sport. Um, but I missed the boat. And so for sure. me, that's, okay, that's, that's, that's okay. Right. But I've spent a lot of my, I identify a lot with like my, my extracurricular activities, right? Like, you know, I have yeah. a job and all that stuff and I want to do great at all things. Right. But I will tell you that I have never, I have yet to sort of find, um, that same enjoyment that I got from surfing. And it's one of those things that like I, my, my chapters closed there. I did a similar mm. thing to you. I, I kind of tried to go back to it. Like some years later, like I quit cold Turkey five years, tried to go back and was just like this. Right. Just exactly. More because I was yeah. terrible. Um, but, it, <laughs> but I'm curious, like, what do you think that is about? Because to me, that was like a hole for me, you know, and I, and I've, I've obviously found myself now in this triathlon, but I'll tell you like none of the shit that I do with triathlon, I, I don't feel that artsy thing like I did right. the surfing. Right. And so it's like, uh, I just, you have the scheme. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, where, where, how did you walk through that? If you don't mind. And I'm not saying like looking for an answer. I'm just curious because some people, you just never know who listens to these things or sure. phase people are in. And so I'm like, yeah, if you have any defining kind of points where you were going through, you know, just ultimate shit and you're like, look, you know, I tried this, I tried this or whatever. Where was it that you sort of started resurrecting? You know what I mean? So, yeah, totally. So, um, I masked a lot of my depression for a really long time because I'm, I'm actually a naturally a very positive person for sure. There's no doubt. So the depression that I suffer from isn't nearly as severe as some people might suffer from, but okay. we all get it and we all get down, especially when you go through a life trauma. Sure. Um, and it, so university was like an escape for me. I went to business school. I was going to be this like executive Barbie CEO type. I was like, I'm going to leave the sports behind me. Um, and I thought that's what I wanted to do because I was deep down. I was so angry with what happened. And I right. sort of felt like my life was so done and not I engrossed myself in something completely opposite, um, thinking that that was going to give me the release that I wanted. Right. Um, so I went to university and I had this um, amazing time, but not really. <laughs> I wasn't fulfilled. You know, I 
I didn't really engross myself into university life. I studied hard. I liked what I studied, but I was so focused and driven, kind of like the initial athlete I always was, that I the three years went by and I left and I had no long lasting relationships in terms of friendships that I'd forged or people that I had really connected with. And then suddenly I went into work and I engrossed myself in work. Um, and so kind of these four years went by and I was happy because I was making money and I was doing something different, or at least I thought I was. Um, and that's when the weight gain really started and the drinking started and the socializing to an umph degree that was so unnecessary because I was looking for a release. Um, and that was my hole. Uh, the hole was, was almost six years after my accident when I finally realized what had happened. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really know, I didn't, I didn't know how bad it had gotten. Um, and then sadly I <laughs> was on a work trip uh, and got really ill with um, meningitis, <clears throat> which was like the second thing that hit me. Um, and that was another defining moment in my life. That was what, you know, oh, my God, I'm 27. I've got meningitis. I'm sick again. How could this have happened? Um, and the recovery from the meningitis was getting out of that hole. Um, if that makes sense, this, yeah. that was sort of my realization. Oh my God, something has to give this lifestyle that I'm leading is unhealthy for the mind. It's unhealthy for the body. And I'm going to be in an early grave case in point. I've just spent three months in hospital and at home sleeping on a couch because I'm too ill to work or to function. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely don't blame my lifestyle, but it didn't help, you know? For sure. Falling, falling ill with something like meningitis. So, so that was my hole. And it's a bad place to be for anybody. Well, and that's, the, I mean, it's like, I'm not, it's just something I just think it, it's just interesting to kind of touch on because it's like, I mean, I've debated on some of those things too. Like, you know, my wife asked me like, what, what was the whole journey thing about? Like you having a midlife crisis, you know, and I'm like, I right. don't know. you know, type thing. But, but it was like, I kind of just wonder sometimes I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe my part was, is like, stop trying to stop trying to fill that hole, you know, like, like that's yeah. maybe not a hole that needs to be filled. Like, like it's just, uh, it's a scar. It's, it's something that you just kind of own. And I think maybe yeah. that be, can become a black hole. I don't know. This is just, again, my humble opinion. Like I have no fucking backing behind it. Shit. <laughs> but I just, I get nervous. No, but I've you've seen... been through those, those life moments, like the surfing and going through so many different sports and, and clearly almost thrill seeking, looking for the yeah. next big thing. That's going to give you that rush that you once had. Yeah. And I can totally resonate with that. And I'm sure everyone else listening can too, in their own way, because what you went through is just as, traumatic as I went through because it's relative to your life versus mine so and mental health never gets this sort of um, focus and attention that I think it needs because yeah. it's hidden and it's not in the forefront physical physicality we can see sure. someone can see that you've broken your leg or that you're in a wheelchair and people can feel sorry for you or they can choose to support you mental health is hidden and nobody ever talks about it and it's a real tough thing to crack 
So the black hole analogy is really good, I think. You, well, you know, here's, in, your, in your humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> this, is funny. this is what I love about this stuff. It's like, look, like who thought you and I were doing this healing session? Like I'm, I'm getting that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, my, my point <laughs> is, Dr. Like, Jeff is... <laughs> and Dr. Ray. Join us next week as we discuss uh, layers of. But um, okay, we're gonna so... have Dr. Phil join us. <laughs> <laughs> we should. We should. <laughs> I got some questions for that guy. Um, <laughs> I bet you do. So walk me. So I, I love everything. Just thank you so much. Like I, I really, I, <laughs> I connect to a lot of the stuff that you're saying, right? And I want to kind of shift it a little bit into where did your path lead into what you're doing right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how? Yeah. Where did you get that? And how did how did the itch stick? You know? Because I'm like, freaking so... skin. How'd you get in? Oh, yeah, right? You know, like, yeah. So it's it's stuck because I was in, um, I was in Bali. This was just like a year. And there was about two or three years after my uh, recovering from meningitis. And I was in Bali with with about 25 friends. We had two 30th birthday parties. And I think I was 31. This is about three years ago, four years ago. Okay. Um, And I looked at the pictures and I was fat. <laughs> I mean, I was huge and I, I hated who I saw in these pictures. So much so that not a single one has been published on any social media site. All the pictures that my friends have put up, I've made them crop. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I just couldn't believe my life had gotten to this. And so... I needed to do something about it. And I had no idea what that was. But I knew that running was the easiest thing to lose weight. Um, I, you know, you don't even have to be a good runner. It's one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're lapping everyone sitting on the couch, even if you're going at a snail's pace. That's so I started true. running. <laughs> you know? Okay. So I okay. started running. Um, I told my friends, I was like, listen, guys, I'm not going to the pub anymore. I know our lives revolve around, and, and by the way, I, I don't know what the demographic of your listeners are, but um, here in the UK, life revolves around the pub. And so okay. if, if you don't drink, <clears throat> like you have no social life, or at least that's what I thought. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so I kind of said, guys, I'm not going to drink. I need to lose this weight. And I just don't feel very happy in myself. So I started running, and God, was I slow. <laughs> I mean, I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. They have, I don't know if they have this um, over in the States, but in the UK, they have what's called park run. And every Saturday morning we go out and we, there's a, a, a volunteer social run called, okay. called park run, which is five kilometers and everybody's welcome. So I rocked up to my very first park run. and literally, and the park that I live on has this monster of a hill which you have to do twice because my park is two and a half kilometers long and five park runs. Yep, yep. 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 So I get to like 400 meters into the run and I'm like, Oh, this is okay. This is great. And then I reach this hill and I get to the top and I literally am dying. Like I'm gasping for air. My, the fat on my stomach is just like bouncing up and down. And I'm just like, this is a new low, Raya. What the <laughs> hell am I going to do to get out of this funk? And it took me, 37 minutes to run that 5k I mean I was and that's when I knew that I had to do something because even though it only it took me 37 minutes which in the grand scheme of things for most 
uh, like sprint triathletes do it seriously. It's pretty slow. Um, and I must have been one of the last people to finish the park run. Um, but that was where my journey started. And I started running and I fell in love with it, even though I sucked at it. Uh, by the way, I still suck at it today. Oh, I'm um, with you. I'm on that <laughs> so, train too. Yeah. So I started running and then a couple of my friends actually started leaving the pub and they were like, we're going to join you for park run. And like, you know, this mentality shift started and I had a lot of friends help me. The problem was, was actually I wasn't a very good runner, but my technique was pretty poor and, and all these things. So I started injuring myself. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'd get like little fractures, uh, hairline, not hairline fractures, um, shin splints in my shins and on my, my toes and my, the bones and my feet were really sore because I was such a heavy runner. And a lot of that had to do with my weight, but wanting to run quickly. So mm. I got a nutritionist and I joined a running club, um, cause I knew I needed to drop the weight and I knew I needed to learn how to run. And that was sort of where it all began. But someone at the running club said, hey, listen, you've got actually some really strong muscles. You should try cycling. And I was like, do you know what? That's actually not a bad idea because, like, that's not low impact. And, uh -huh. you know, I finish a 5K run and I'm dying. I can't breathe. And my chest is like my heart is jumping out of my chest. And I can't. But, so this might be a good idea. So I bought a bike, like a 300 pounds like $400 jobby off eBay okay. um, and started commuting into work um, I learned to ride the bike I then was like hey this is awesome maybe I should like try doing a sportive so um, what, a, a sportive so in, in they do like these like really awesome social rides in, in, oh, in the oh, UK okay. so it's it is technically a race because they close the roads for you and then but it's not about like who comes first it's just the participation um, and at that point, that was great for me because I was really intimidated by really strong, healthy, fast, good-looking people because it just wasn't in the right emotional state to deal with that. Um, I'm so intimidated by that. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I hate putting on spandex. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, oh, no, no. I, I embrace it now. <laughs> um, I own it. I don't know then, if I'm comfortable you well you've got if you own it you always look good i promise you, <laughs> <laughs> there you are, right. um and, and then last but not least um someone said you should join the trifecta join a triathlon club and try swimming too and so i did and that was uh two two and a bit years ago and so i joined a triathlon club and i i just caught this incredible bug because i met people who were like-minded we mm -hmm. all had different jobs from all walks of life but everyone's social interactions revolved around sport and not drinking. Mm -hmm. And I really connected with these people and I really enjoyed turning up to my swim sessions, even though I was the slowest person in the water. It was the slowest person at track. It was the slowest person um, on our bike rides, but I loved it, <laughs> you know, and, and that's where this newfound love for myself and for something else sort of materialized. And then I got a butt and then I got the bug. And then here you are just. And here I am. Crushing it. And you've done, uh, I think you've done <laughs> three, three halves and a full, which I think fulls are just bullshit to me, but. Um... So I, yeah. So I never intended by the way, to go long as in the <laughs> half Ironman. Yeah. Like I never intended. I thought, like you said, 
I mean, it's total bullshit. I mean, these people are, are insane. Why would you exercise for 12 freaking hours? That, that is ludicrous. Uh, and it, as with all sport, when someone dares you or challenges you, do you say no? Because I certainly don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what happened. So, like, last year, no, the year before last, I did, like, seven Olympic triathlons. I was obsessed. And, by the way, I wasn't fast. Like, I did, but I'd lost all this weight, and I was loving it. I was just wanted to get, like, five or ten minutes faster in each race. And because I was making these incredible gains in terms, in terms of weight loss, but also confidence in myself and my ability to run and my ability to swim I was getting super super fast um not like world championship fast but super fast and then someone said let's do a half Ironman and I was like no way you are crazy go and do it yourself have Mm. fun and he was like Rhea two years ago we we would have spent all night in Saturday night in the pub until closing, and then we would have stumbled home blind drunk. And now look at us. We're going out on bike rides at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. This is so awesome. You have to do this with me. This will complete our journey. And so I said, okay, fine, but I get to choose the country. Because if we're going to do something stupid like a half Ironman, I want to go somewhere awesome and enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) So we did. So we we went to Croatia, and we did the half Ironman. And I tell you what, I freaking loved it. And suddenly I realized why people go long. It's like it's that next challenge. Like you're saying you've really struggled to find that same passion or hook that you had with your surfing. And Mm -hmm. suddenly I crossed that finish line doing the half Ironman, reminding myself where I'd been 15 years earlier. And that high was better than any drunken night out. And he, You know, any crossing one of those skiing finish lines, it felt like I'd accomplished something. And that's when my boyfriend at the time, when I crossed that finish line, went, shut up, stopping so emotional, it's only a half. And I was like, oh, and I signed up for a full there and then. (laughs) (laughs) So so there you go. So I did my first full. um, I did that in November. I'm in no rush to do another one, but... Yeah, it, that's, well, that's been the journey so far, and that's why I love it. And what, as you say, crushing it. It's just I thrive off it. It's, it's my new adrenaline. Yeah. Well, what do you have on tap for this, for this year? What, I mean, like, you know, for, for people listening, like, where are you going to be? So I'm going to be dotted around. I'm going to do a couple tri-camps early on the season um, over here in Europe. Um, um, going over to Lanzarote, it's a really famous sort of tri-camp, really similar to Hawaii, the sort of temperatures, the winds, the, the heat, that sort of thing. Uh, and then I'm going to do tri-camp in Mallorca in Spain, um, which should be fun. And then race-wise, I'm going to do my first race this season in um, St. Polten, which is just outside of Vienna in Austria, and that's a half Ironman, um, followed by a half Ironman in uh Edinburgh here in the UK which will be hilly and cold and I'm super up for the challenge but yep. it's not going to be the best one I've ever done <laughs> we're not going for a PB there no it'll be a um, <laughs> and then the I guess the whole consensus then the, the the real big um culmination of this whole story um which is my Instagram handle, which is wheelchair to world championships last year on my journey to completing my first full Ironman 
I qualified for the 70.3 World Champs in South Africa this year. Oh, there you go. So, so I'll, be virtually, I'll be virtually cheering you on at all those. So, yeah, 1st of September, uh, South Africa, Ironman 70.3 World Champs. I'm super, super excited. Uh, so that's where that's where I'll be. My season then wraps up in Ibiza in Spain with uh, the European ETU triathlons. And I'm going to have a crack at Aquabike because, like I said, I still can't run for shit. <laughs> but I'm a pretty good <laughs> swimmer and bicyclist. So, um, yeah. So side side question. How in any of the Spain occurrences, how far off are you from Mundaka? Do you know where Mundaka is? I've never heard of it. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, all right. Uh, well, see, and then that's going to be terrible for my geography because, see, this is from all <laughs> my surfing days when we went to France back in my heyday and uh, like Hossiger and um, Biarritz, some of the areas over there was kind of a nice. hotbed for okay. surfing. And then we went up to Spain and there's a place called Mundaka. Um, I, I'm frantically I mean, trying to Google it while we're recording, but I don't yeah, know. It's like a, it's that. a trippy, like the town you know is just there's a some big castle and there it's kind of like um got a little kind of cove in it <clears throat> and there's a big wave that kind of comes right by there and i was just curious if any of the racing was um or areas um, near that but so i'm not sure the the um the place where i'm going in spain in terms of racing and training are both islands um uh. So Ibiza is a pretty well-known, funny enough, I think it's hilarious because I've been to Ibiza and I've partied hard in Ibiza. It's one of these like, you know, if if your listeners are, are North American based, it's like going down to Cancun for the weekend and having like, <laughs> a blowout, right? Yeah. So this is, Ibiza is like party central in Europe. And I have spent a lot of my 20s partying there in the summers. Like I said, I kind of found this groove of partying and working hard. And now I'm going back to be wearing Lycra and sporting like a British flag. Cause I'll be t- I'm, uh, competing for team GB in my age group. So I kind of feel like this is like awesome round circle, like going yeah. back there. Um, the weekend of what we call closing parties. So it's like the end of the season festival. I, why they chose to do the European championships when basically the entire Europe who like to party descend on this island is beyond me, but I I find it hilarious and uh, this nice little nice little tie up. <laughs> oh man, it sounds like you have some awesome areas that you go to though. I don't have a not as worldly as that, but um, like I said, I'll be I'll be virtually cheering, and I'm sure. Well, thank uh, you for the support. I love it. Oh hell yeah, and it's just cool. I just like sharing the stories and stuff. I think like you were mentioning the progression and all that stuff with the sport, and I kind of feel like. My big thing is, <clears throat> yeah, I didn't, I wasn't able to fill the hole necessarily, but that's fine. I've, I've found that kind of this sport for me has been, like you're saying, the like-minded. I've enjoyed the story piece, like, like you know, your right. story today, and and so many of these people that kind of um, come come across and kind of like you, you, uh, you like you said, kind of the hidden thing. Like I, I feel like the stories in themselves are 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 also that way, right? Like you 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 don't know someone's kind of path or whatever. You know, no. I'm not saying the demons, but it's like you, these people kind of come out, and for the most part, you know, I've met positive people, and it's been such an uplifting totally. thing. Whereas my sports of past have been more insular, like they've been kind of more yeah. isolated. Um, and so, you know, for me, that's kind of what's been my big driver is like I see kind of, uh, you know, all these other people sort of triumphing and and uh, 
and that's what's made me kind of being like, well, damn it, you know, like, <clears throat> I want to okay. do it. <laughs> yeah. So then I, you know, push a little bit more or something like that. And so it's kind of funny when I, I don't know, to, to hear comments from people or whatever, but it's just, I hope that in sharing these things, you know, it, it, it gives back to other people who may also get that same sort of like, um, I don't know, benefit, you know, so. Oh, I totally said, get just, it. And, and yeah. I hope so. Because for me, it's not about, I don't follow, like on Instagram, I don't follow the pros in triathlon. I follow some of the most inspirational sort of everyday athletes that make me go, wow. You know, and funny enough, you asked why, you don't understand why people go long. So many stories that I've heard about the people who go long have something to prove. And they just want to feel like they've accomplished something extraordinary you know and an iron man's tagline even says that like anything is possible and that feeling of crossing the finish line of an iron man is like no drug no uh you know excitement nothing really compares to that especially if you've come from adversity you know something has been traumatized in your life or you've had a really tough go of it and life has thrown really crappy stuff at you and then you go to take on this challenge and it's not just the cross and the finish line it's the journey to get there and the stories in iron man are insane and I that's know. what drives me and excites yeah. me you know it's yeah. inspirational i'm with you i feel it yeah i'm <laughs> i mean you're one of those people so i just freaking oh you know, thank we'll you have, we'll high five you and uh if i ever get a chance to uh cross paths or log some miles or whatever i I tell this to, I mean, so many people that come on here and share their story. It's like, man, if I could high five here, you know, obviously for the time, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, try to keep up that, uh, I'll do that as well. The but. virtual five. <laughs> That's right. I'm all about it. I'm bringing the high five. Right. Back. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm super keen on a, on a, you know, a high five. So I'm with you there. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's just, we'll just start spreading <laughs> it out. <laughs> well, if there's anything, yeah. anything ending, I think, uh, um, if you want to give any details for people to reach out to you, I know you kind of had some for your Instagram. Um, but if you just want to do it again for people that may have uh, glossed over when I was talking. Um, <laughs> sure. I, I'm, I'm not a massive social media user. I started my Instagram, not really for anything, but my, my nutritionist said, to, I said to her, listen, I've got this problem, right? Where I skip training sessions. I just like, I don't have the motivation. So my nutritionist said, here's what you're going to do. You are going to post every single workout, a picture of every single workout, or you are going to post what you are doing when you're supposed to be working out and you are going to name and shame yourself. So I started this journey like a year and a bit ago um, to sort of keep myself in check. And suddenly it sort of exploded into this, you know, people are so supportive and I'm hoping that it, you know, gives people a little bit of motivation if they're struggling. So uh, if you want to follow my incredible, crazy, insane story, you can get me at Raya's Road to Racing. Um, and come and follow me and I'll follow you back because I love to see um, incredible stories um, and following other people's journeys. And trust me, not everything I post is about the good days. I post every day. Uh, <laughs> and it's about the bad days too. And as triathletes, trust me, we have them. Even when it looks like we're have, like we're nailing it, we're not always nailing it. No. So, you know, <laughs> it's all about being relatable. So, yeah, come and join in. Awesome. You rock. I appreciate your time. And, um, and just thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, you bet. It's been we'll amazing. Talk.
We'll talk again. You rock. Take care. You too.